So what does it sound like when you combine a passion for music with the startup world? I tracked down the very busy Graham Winder on the phone recently who's going to tell us all about it. My name is Jessica Payne, and welcome to the Brand Organics podcast. I am joined today by Graham Winder, who is the maestro behind an amazing um, startup technology company called Pazu, and it brings the world of music, uh, learning, composition, and education together. So that is my humble definition, um, just to let you know a little bit about Pazu. But before I go on, let's go ahead and welcome Graham to the show. Welcome, Graham. Uh, Thank you so much, Jessica. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Thank you for coming on. And so for everyone listening, um, you know, my goal of Brand Organics is always to try to introduce you to folks kind of in the trenches, doing the real bit. And uh, Graham and his team are doing amazing things. Um, And I haven't had a lot of guests from the startup world. So I think, Graham, you can kind of shed some light on what it's like to run a business, a young business, and what captures my attention and I know what my my um, my followers love to learn about is how you've brought in your purpose into what you do that's the goal but it sounds like you've actually brought in a passion of yours so um, first things first why don't you tell um, our listeners what why don't you explain to us what Pazu is and what kind of gave you the idea to create it uh, absolutely so Pazu um, what initially I thought was going to be a software business, actually I had it all backwards. Pazu is a method of teaching. Uh, and the method of teaching was something that we had been refining and evolving in our brick and mortar school uh, here in Orange County for the past you know, um, eight to nine years. And the school itself was built to solve the problem of why so many students drop out of music. And I, I know that so many of us uh, either personally have experienced this or know somebody in our family or friends who have experienced this where they, you know, they're real excited about learning more about music, connecting more to music than just listening to it. And very quickly they get uh, turned off from the whole process or turned out of the classroom because of the way that it's being taught to them. Um, or it's, that it's just too expensive. It's just uh, it's something mm-hmm. that's cost prohibitive um, for them to, to even start to pursue that path. So we formed a school to kind of solve that problem. And then uh, we, you know, through uh, evolution and discovery, we thought, wow, we really have a powerful solution for, for everyone. And so mm-hmm. how are we going to reach everyone? And very quickly it turned into, well, we have to go online with this and we have to create a platform in which everyone can connect to the method. So although we're a software company, our business really is the method, uh, and uh, the software is the tool to connect uh, the users to the method. Got it. Uh, and I love that, um, that you know, you really took the time to explain kind of, and, and humbly admit, really, you know, what you had envisioned at first kind of morphed into something else. I think that might be the first piece of advice that um, we could share with our, our listeners is that, 
especially folks that are launching their businesses. I certainly have mm-hmm. gone through a huge evolution in my, my business, um, even just the past three years. So folks that are listening kind of take to heart what Graham is saying. Your idea and, and even how you might even frame it initially, it sounds like the likelihood of it kind of morphing or evolving is, is pretty high. <laughs> probably welcome, right? Well, like, if you were to tell me even a year ago, that I would be the CEO and founder of a software company, I think I would have laughed. I think I would have said, um, you've got the wrong guy. <laughs> right, right. And yeah, because you would have pictured like suit and tie or like Steve Jobs. No, I, I, like you know, I struggle to turn on my computer sometimes. I don't know what the power button is. Like that's my right. tech stack does not run very deep. Uh, but I think it's really important for those who are, are starting out with new businesses and creating startups. I think it's very important first and foremost to – Identify the why, obviously, behind mm-hmm. what you're doing. Um, you know, for me, I, I went through the pains of uh, getting kicked out of that old traditional music teaching system, and I, I always learned differently. And so my big question growing up was, well, why isn't there uh, a system or program that can actually utilize my strengths in music and mm-hmm. not – you know, uh, force me into a weakness uh, in a way that I just struggled with uh, my whole life doing. And this was whether I was, you know, five years old at home with the private lesson or I'm 20 years old in the lecture hall at the university. Um, Mm -hmm. I experienced the same frustration. And so that set the table for, uh, you know, creating a solution to something I had gone through personally. And I think that's a, a great starting point for any young entrepreneur is, you know, what's something that you've experienced directly that caused you a certain pain point? Like, um, you know, for me, it was my desire and my love for music wasn't lining up with my development in music (laughs) because there were so many limitations placed on the traditional method. So you start there with a why, and then, then you really have to identify what your, what your strengths and what your weaknesses are. And and this is kind of a, an ego checking process where you, you know, you kind of look and say, well, I cannot be great at all things. Uh, and so let me, let me identify what, uh, you know, what, what lanes I'm really strong in. And let me also identify where I need to bring in some help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ex- explain that because um, I think that's probably a- another big piece of advice. They don't exactly explain to you and maybe they do in, in, in B school, um, I'll raise my hand though and admit, like I never, I didn't go to business school. What is it like to build a team? And for folks listening, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for folks building a team, maybe for the first time? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't feel bad, Jessica. I don't have my degree in business either. In fact, <laughs> uh, I, I was the farthest away from business. Uh, mm-hmm. if you can imagine that. So, you know, don't ever let anything slow you down or stop you from reaching your goals. If you have a, a desire and a passion to do something in life. They're really, what's so great about this country, too, is that there's no boundaries to what you're able to do, but you do have to surround yourself with the right people in order to execute on that dream. And so um, it starts with your very first team member or co-founder um, or founding team or you know, whoever you, you need to get started with. These people, you know, what I kind of... Again, I, I was real blessed with um, my first uh, team member to come on board because he and I just happened to be in such alignment culturally. And I think that, you know, the business culture starts at the top 
and works its way down the ranks. And so if, if I brought in somebody who did not, not just filled a need, okay, so I obviously, uh, to have a software company, you need a very smart, um, you know, uh, tech administrator. And so um, I had to go out and find the best one, but it wasn't just his, the skill set that attracted me to my first um, uh, founding member. It was actually his, uh, the, the, the culture that I wanted for the company, he fit perfectly. It was, a, it was in such perfect alignment. And what that does is it just creates such a, a positive uh, work environment so that you can get things done and you can, ha- you can hold people accountable uh, in a good way, not in a bad way. And so I think choosing your first team member or team members is critical to your success uh, mm-hmm. as a startup because if you've got people who are not in alignment, um, then everything becomes so much more difficult than it needs to be. And very okay. quickly, you find yourself spending a lot more time and energy and resources uh, on stuff that just shouldn't even, you shouldn't even have to do that. You, you've got limited bandwidth as a CEO and founder, so you've got you to really maximize every minute of every day uh, so that you can you know, you know, develop the businesses as productive and, and quickly as possible. So it sounds like you're saying when it comes to collaboration, um, chemistry, uh, it's all about chemistry, right? I did a, um, I ran an online poll, and the only reason I'm asking you is I ran an online poll a, a week ago, and I asked when it comes to um, when it comes to collaboration, what's more important, chemistry or results? And people voted overwhelmingly for. They said chemistry is just uh, is just as important as results. And I actually thought people were going to say results. So I'm wondering, mm-hmm. like, it yeah. sounds like your experience is supporting the chemistry argument, the fact that it, it is, it, it's totally important, right? Not just kind of the success of your business, right? Yeah, I think, well, and that's interesting because I think that um, really what you need is you need to be a leader for these people in a way that you cast a vision for the company that they buy into. And I mean, when I say mm-hmm. buy into, they believe it just like you believe it or close to how you believe it. So that, that takes care of the chemistry issue. Because what happens is you don't have to be, it's not like the personalities have to line up. It's not that because you, you might pass on some really talented people based on personality that maybe you shouldn't have. But, but the chemistry side of it is, is everybody on the same page with the vision of what they're trying to accomplish. And what you have there is you have this synergetic kind of web that is cast over your group. And so everybody is, um, and, and this, this can change. So you have to be really careful that as you're, you know, as you're developing, you're, you're keeping all your team members fully aware and you're very transparent with them on what, what is happening with the business so that, um, you know, you stay as closely connected in that way as possible. So mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're casting the right vision and you, you bring on people who buy into that vision, um, then you're going you're gonna to experience, you know, a really positive, exciting workplace um, that, uh, you know, everyone's kind of buying into. It's good. So everybody listening, it's, take your time when choosing your teams, and it sounds like um, it, sounds like it, it, it starts from you. Like it's, you it have to believe and you have to have the vision um, in order to, you know, if you, it's sort of like if you if you don't believe your story, then nobody else will, right? Both kind of. Oh, exactly. And it's go back. It goes back to the why. You know, why are you building mm-hmm. this new business? You know, is it to, you know, be financially free? Is it to, you know, is you know, is it just strictly for profit, or do you have something deeper, more powerful? And what happens is, is that 
and this is such a beautiful thing with a founder is that when he or she has that, that core belief in what they do, then doors start to open and that mm-hmm. those doors can be with business partnerships. It can be with finding the right team members. It could be with investors. It could be with, you know, just when people hear you talk, their eyes light up because mm-hmm. now it's contagious. It's like, Oh my gosh, you know, I, I, I'm hearing what this person's saying and I want to be a part of that. It's exciting. It's, it's something that can do, you know, a lot of good, make a lot of money. We hope, you know, if that's, mm-hmm. you know, what, what uh, certain people are looking for, but certainly from the founder, it's, it's gotta be one of those things where, and I have three levels of this. I have the first level is an interest. Okay. I have an interest in this business. Okay. That could be okay, but we don't really want to, you know, start a new company based on that. Oh, I have a passion. Okay. That's, that's better. That's a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's a, th- there's a higher level than passion, which is a calling. And when you get to the calling level, uh, well, then you're driven by something much greater than you. And you couldn't stop doing it even if you wanted to. And mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, if, if you are a, uh, a new CEO or founder of a company and this is your calling in life, you are going to move a lot of doors. And they're, they're going to uh, create a lot of opportunities for you. And it's, it's mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. So it, it, I love that breakdown of the three the three levels. Um, let's let's do a little shift and um, talk to us a little bit about your audience because I would imagine there might be a little bit of discovery on that end too. Um, and I do get questions, especially from folks that are um, that have young businesses or even are rebranding um, because of growth. And so they're finding themselves in a position where they they might not be uh, as familiar with an audience that they they thought, in fact, that they knew quite well. Is there anything you can share with us in terms of the discovery? Because uh, I would imagine that Pazu probably reaches several different audiences. Is that right? Yeah, so one of our recent discoveries uh, was that we, we kind of stumbled across a new entry point into the market. And so our entry point, we initially thought it was going to be uh, B2C, uh, uh, our business to a consumer. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really challenging, and your acquisition costs are probably going to be pretty high, especially uh, from a tech company side, you know, trying to recruit person by person. Uh-huh. So then we started looking at, well, you know, could Pazu, you know, be an answer for uh, schools, schools that um, are their funding for the arts and music are being slashed. They don't have an effective music program, and here comes uh, Pazu which answers two questions uh, or solves two big problems, basically cost and effectiveness of the method. So then we started looking at that and saying, well, that actually makes a lot more sense. And then recently um, we discovered the charter school systems are actually the ones that are quickly signing up early on. There are early adopters. And so, you know, when you're trying to identify your market, you do the best you can, but sometimes, you just don't have any idea <laughs> until you actually don't right. test. And I think that's what happened with us. Was I, you know, I thought initially, oh, this, well, this is our market. And this is, uh, you know, we think we're going to acquire this percentage of this market. And this is all great. But then when you actually get out into the streets and you're like, hmm, who's actually going to pay for this? Then you may discover that what you thought in the beginning, and oftentimes this is the way it is, what you thought was not really what is going to happen. And that's okay. That's part of the excitement of a startup. If, if you had uh, everyone had the same formula and it all worked the same way, then where's the creativity in a startup? 
So the creativity right. of the startup is one of the most exciting things for me because I really don't know all the answers. I really don't know what's going to happen until it happens to me. We've seen, and this is why a lot of, I think, personally, I think this is why a lot of startups struggle is because they're so rigid to what they think this is the way it needs to go. And when it stops, you know, when that's really not the way it's supposed to go, you know, they literally fight to the death on trying to force that issue versus, you know, adapting, being flexible, even pivoting in some cases, and uh, adjusting to market demands and needs. So, so it sounds like um, the, the trainer, uh, Jillian Michaels, has this quote, and I think other folks have said it. Um, it sounds like folks need to get comfortable being uncomfortable at some point. In terms oh. of, uh, <laughs> yeah. Or get yeah, well comfortable said. in the uncomfortableness. <clears throat> which is something yeah. I am um, working diligently at. <laughs> but it sounds like that's sort of um, par for the course, right, in, in, in startup world, in, in, in business, right? Yeah. It, it seems to fit me well because, uh, I, first and foremost, I see myself as an artist and a teacher. And so being a creative mind, you know, I don't like things to be – one way. I don't like things to, to be in a linear line. I like things to kind of go all over the place and be unpredictable. And I never know what I'm going to get from one day to the next. So uh, that portion of building a startup company is really appealing to me. And I embrace it. And I say, okay, well, what am I going to get today? You know? So right. um, having that kind of mindset, I think is really, uh, is, is a key asset for any founder um, because okay. it is so unpredictable and it is so there's so much built on just assumptions early on at an early stage. Right. Um, eventually you got to button down and tighten up, of course. But um, when you're first starting out, I mean, it's, I mean, you're, <laughs> you feel like you're a little speck in a, in a great big universe and there's so much <laughs> that you can't control. And, uh, you know, and some of that's, you know, that's okay to feel that way, you know, and it might feel uncomfortable for a lot of people, but it's okay to feel mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. So what is coming up next for Pazu? What should we um, what should we keep our eyes open for? Well, so we've just um, launched uh, a new website campaign, and we're about uh-huh. to do some FCM testing and try to drive uh, some traffic, some eyeballs to what we're trying to do. Um, and in the process, we'll be um, uh, getting into the charter school systems. We'll be implementing a hybrid class of both teacher and program. And as we develop the program, um, we're going to be uh, testing it with our, with our beta schools in the charter school system. So um, we kind of figured out how to generate revenue and test at the same time, which is great because a lot of times you have to build it first and then try to sell it and then generate revenue. We're, we're going to be able to do both. And, um, and it's because the product is not entirely the software. The product is the method. The method right. can be taught by a teacher, not just the program. So, um, so that's the, the next big step is to start, uh, continue to build the software um, and, you know, adjust it and iterate it as we go along uh, using data we collect back from the classrooms. Uh-huh. Um, but then, you know, that the charter school system is just basically an entry point market for us, and then our markets will start to evolve past that. And so that's when it gets really, really kind of exciting at that point. Cool. So, so where can folks find out more information um, about Pazu? 
Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to our website. It's uh, www.pazumusic.com, P-A-Z-U music.com. And we have this uh, fun little program called the Music Mind uh, that you can click on right away, front page. And basically, it's a program that determines the way that your mind likes to learn music, uh, which pathway best suits you. And so that's a, a key first step for anyone who's interested in taking their uh, music curiosity path just listening to music and actually um, you know, wanting to pick up an instrument and play or, uh, even better, pick up an instrument and create your own sounds and connect with the music inside of you. So that's where they can go, uh, positivemusic.com and uh, certainly can stay connected to everything that we're doing. And I would just like to say that uh, I tried, um, uh, I went through the Music Mind, and I have discovered that I am uh, a listening. So I, I learn music by, by ear, which is really interesting because the last time I really touched sheet music, which for any of you out there who play an instrument or maybe you sang, I was in choir in high school, which... I'm not going to tell you how many years ago that was, but um, <laughs> it kind of made perfect sense because while I, I kind of struggled to learn sheet music and reading notes, but I do recall that the more I would hear, um, I would actually hear the music and actually watch uh, my choir teacher played on the piano. I found that that is how I learned. So, but it was really cool because I, I never put two and two together. I just thought that that was the traditional setting of how I learned music. Right. So, so if any of you listening are really uh, curious to find out what kind of music mind you have, um, it only takes a few minutes. It's a quick little test you can take on your on the, your computer or smartphone. But um, I think you know the easiest thing you can do is walk away today and 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 know a little bit more about about yourself. So that's my plug yep. because I found the tool really interesting. I love taking little tests. Um, well, I appreciate last, you doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy and, and for, to... Uh, for your ear pathway, see, now the, the program will be able to take you all the way down your strength, and so to the point where you could hear any music and sit down and start to play it instantly. And, of course, that's, that's just going to wow your friends, but it's also <laughs> really exciting for you because now you can play anything you hear. And that's, um, that's a, it's a, just a, a liberating, wonderful uh, musical experience all around when you can do things, something like that. That's the dream. One day I'll be able to play Super Station <laughs> by Stevie Wonder on a little organ. You start I mean, with a that's, tough that's, one. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, I like to aim high, um, but mm-hmm. uh, it, that's it's one of my favorite songs, and 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 it, it was always my dream to get that little uh, that riff that kicks off the whole song. So if I can master like those twelve notes, I, I might end up playing. <laughs> but. Um, Lastly, I, folks might be wondering, what does Pazu mean? So Pazu, uh, it means the music in you. That's what Pazu means. Um, and we've got a, a lot of fun things built into that word. We've got uh, a program called Positive, Positive Music. Um, mm-hmm. That's creative music that's inside of you. There's a lot, a lot of uh, fun things we can spin off that word, Pazu. But um, we like that word. It's um, it's fictitious uh, in its uh, origin, but um, it's it's very uh, friendly for our our market audience, younger kids, and also it's uh, it's nice for the global market as well that we'll eventually be um, tackling down the road. Sounds great. So everyone, if you're interested in uh, in Pazu and, and learning more about it, um, just to see what Graham and his team are up to from a business standpoint, or if you're totally curious like I was to figure out what kind of music mind you have, 
go to um, pausingmusic.com and um, just watch this space because I think we're going to see some really great um, stuff come out of out of Pazu. And maybe it's going to show up in um, a school near you. So your kid mm-hmm. might come home and all of a sudden uh, be, be wailing on their iPhone playing some music. So, um, <laughs> Graham, thank That's you so goal. much for joining us today. And, uh, and everyone, watch this space. And, um, you know, maybe in, in a couple of months we can have you back on, Graham, and you can keep us updated on the fast-changing world of startups because it is something that I think fascinates a lot of people. Well, I'd love to. And thank you so much for having me on today, Jessica. I really appreciate that. Great. Thank goodness for technology and the power of phones and conference calls. That was the only way I could get a hold of Graham. He's very busy along with his team. So stay tuned as I'm going to be featuring a lot of guests who are going to be either calling in or joining me right in my studio on the Brand Organics podcast. I've actually been receiving a lot of questions about it. So if you have a question or desire to hear about a topic, or if you are interested in becoming a guest on the show, I am so grateful for that interest and happy to feature you. Uh, If you have a desire to talk to people about authenticity, business, brands, or even social media. Uh, To get in touch with me, the easiest thing you can do is go to my website. That is jessicapayne.us, where you can also subscribe to this podcast and recommend it to other friends. Otherwise, you can find me right on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Till then, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.